Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that outlasted Willie Taggart. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who I could never beat in horse. Yeah, that would be me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who went to the Breeders' Cup last weekend. That's right. That was me, Trey Newman. I don't think you could beat me in horse either, though. Yeah, probably not, but I didn't play you as much. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, we, we, we'd, be a better, we'd be a better fight. Um, all right, so we're going to start off this podcast with a big announcement. We are starting a Patreon page. So we threw this idea out there on Instagram last week. Got a really good response. We really appreciate that. Everyone who uh, responded to that got us excited. So we're doing it. So there's two options and you can find them at patreon.com slash college football bros. And Trey, what is their first option? Yeah, there's a there's a $3 a month option. We're going to call that the thank you club. And that's for people who enjoy the 60 or so episodes that we end up putting out every year and and you want to help us cover the cost of production on those or, or just give a, a simple thank you, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. All right, perfect. And then, Ryan, what's the, uh, the second tier? It's the $100 a month club. Oh, wow. Uh, no. <laughs> That's so affordable. Yeah, so easy. It's like a $500 value. It's a great value. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a $5 a month option. Uh, we're going to call it the, the Fourth Bros Club. Uh, and for that, you get uh, some special bonus episodes. And we actually have one already out there right now. It's, uh, it's about a, the 2007. It's a trivia episode about the 2007 college football season, which was epic, if you can remember that far back. I don't think it's overselling it to say that the the episode was as epic as the 2007 season. Okay, you know what? Maybe I, I oversold it a little bit, but it was it was a good one. No, it was it was awesome. Uh, and then after that, we'll be uh, recording a kind of a mini bonus episode, giving our thoughts on the playoff committee's initial rankings. Uh, and then we'll also do some Q and A sessions there from time to time. Uh, you'll also get access to our, our Discord server. Uh, which is basically just kind of a place for us uh, and the listeners to talk and text, you know, just kind of a little, <laughs> yeah. little group chat. Yeah, we're thing. trying to create a little community there. I think that'll be really fun, too. So because the, the three bros, we're, we're always texting throughout the week about college football. So we're basically just going to take it over to the discord. So, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool, especially on Saturdays. Um, and then there's just going to be some other random bonus stuff, which uh, you can kind of read about on Patreon, and we'll probably come up with other stuff as the year goes on. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, that's uh, where you can reach it. It's uh, patreon.com slash college football bros. All right. And, uh, and by the way, if you don't want bonus episodes or any of that stuff, that's fine. We still love you. You, you get love from all three of the bros. We're still going to do 60 plus episodes a year for free. Thanks for listening. You know, we love doing the show, so it's not really work to us, but uh, we'd appreciate anyone that is willing to contribute. Um, okay. Should we get into the uh, the big news, the elephant in the room here? Willie Taggart has been fired at Florida State after they lost at home to Miami 27 to 10. They moved to four and five on the season with that loss. And the buyout is reportedly at least $17 million. Odell Haggins is going to be the interim head coach. So, what are you guys' thoughts here? Was this was this too soon by Florida State? What do you think? I'm kind of, this is tough. I mean, I'm not surprised. I guess I'm more just surprised with the timing. They just they did it 
they cut their losses during the season pretty crazy. I mean, we also don't know any of the backroom talks. Like, I don't know how Taggart, his relationship is with FSU's leadership and his team, but uh, there just hasn't really been a lot of improvement. There isn't firepower being shown. And even for Florida State standards, the recruiting has been a little bit down and the general outlook just looked a little bleak. I mean, I do think it's a little unfair he didn't get all of his players, but it just seemed to be kind of rolling downhill. Or uphill, I guess. Yeah, it depends on well, how you Yeah, hear. true. <laughs> no, I uh, I think it's actually the right move. I know it's kind of in the minority to think like, I don't know, after less than two years that a coach should be fired, but this was just not working. And yeah. it was getting toxic down there. The fans were losing support already. The recruiting was, like you said, Trey, is not up to par. They just needed to cut the plug or cut the cords right away. It's like you might as well do it, cut your losses, and just figure it out from here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, uh, so who do they hire? It's obviously if it's not a top five job, it's a top ten job. It's it's right up there. So, yeah, who I are mean, some candidates that make sense? I'll, I'll name a few, and you know, of what I think, and I'll see if you guys agree with me or have any more. Uh, you, you've obviously heard a lot about. Everyone's going to bring up Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer with a lot of these jobs coming forward, and so they'll be mentioned. But maybe and Bob Stoops more, right now, Bob Stoops right now is getting a lot of buzz. That that happens in these coaching searches, but there's rumors flying around Twitter about Stoops right now. So yeah, well, well and maybe even his brother Mark. I mean, he was yeah. the defensive coordinator there. He he's done a you know an okay job. Had had some pretty good years with Kentucky. It's not an easy place to win, and then. And then there's the other guys like Matt Campbell's going to get a solid look. He's actually I saw like they had like some betting odds, initial betting odds, and he was actually the early early favorite. Um, PJ Fleck maybe Mike Norvell. There's there's a whole slew, but I, I think it's kind of the Stoops or that or the Matt Campbell. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. It's I would if I was a Florida State fan. I mean, obviously your your ultimate dream is is, is Urban, but that's seems like a pipe dream for them at this point. But you never know. Um, they also have what? There's Clemson's offensive coordinators. <laughs> they have two of them. Or Venables, I guess the D coordinator. Yeah, or Venables would be a good one. There's just a lot of there's a lot of good candidates, but I'd go Campbell. Yeah, all we have right now are just a ton of names. I mean, Luke Fickle. I don't think anyone's brought up yet. Scott Satterfield. If they could get him, I think that would be a, a great hire. Um, if I had to bet my life right now. Even with these Stoops uh, rumors rolling, uh, swirling around, Bob Stoops rumors, that is, I guess I would predict Mark Stoops. I, I don't know, though. Who knows? We don't. We, we, we certainly we don't. don't. <laughs> no. So, all right. Well, there'll they'll be more opportunities to talk about that. Um, let's move on to some five-star reviews. All right. Yeah. Our first one is from Nick. Hello, bros. I found you guys at the end of the summer when fall camp was just about to start. After my first episode, I was hooked. I've listened to every episode since and love your trivia episodes. While I still can't tell your voices apart, I do know this. Ski you ma. RTB, row the boat. Go Gophers. P.S. I dislike how your team Nebraska was picked to win the West at the start of the year by many media outlets. It skewed the national opinion of Nebraska. And now I hate to say it. I almost feel bad for Nebraska. I don't know if that's like a compliment or a backslash i think it's an insult i mean i will take we should take some pity like we will accept all the pity because for nebraska it's almost like the the program is is paying the price for all the the glory years of the 70s 80s and 90s but we didn't really get to enjoy that like no 
since we've young. been young adults and adults, it's just been crap. So yeah, feel sorry for us. That's what I'm asking for, I guess. I'm sure they do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Second one. Okay. Here from uh, ZGM4245. Uh, as a Hawaii fan and supporter of all things Mountain West Conference while living in Pittsburgh, I appreciate the bros' depth of knowledge and analysis across the entire college football landscape and love shown to the oft-forgotten G5 programs. Given the losses of Boise, UCF, and Memphis already, any prediction on Dark Horse G5 contenders for uh, a New Year's Six bid now? Okay, so he sent this one in uh, about a week ago, so that was before App State also lost. So they're they're not out of it, but not looking good for them. Um, so now the favorites, and of course this was before Memphis beat SMU. So the favorites are right now S or Memphis, Cincinnati, Boise State, and then SMU. But of course they need a Memphis loss. So a dark horse I'm going to choose is from the AAC, and it's Navy. I they love are. It. Yeah, they're seven and one right now. Their only loss is at Memphis, who unfortunately is in the division. So they're going to need another loss from Memphis. Um, but I, the reason I like Navy is they don't necessarily need to win out. They could lose at Notre Dame their next game. And then if they won out, they wouldn't need that much help. They'd be 11 and two AAC champ, two very respectable road losses, Memphis and Notre Dame. And so it might come down to them and say, uh, Hopefully, in their for their sake, a two loss Mountain West champ. Yeah, you never know. Navy's they're they're still alive. Yeah, they're definitely still alive. So there you go. There's a dark horse. There's there's not not a whole lot of other dark horses now. It's like no. kind of getting late to where I mean the the Mac is all gone. The Mac has is, has cannibalized Mac. itself. Yeah, um, Conference USA super unlikely. I think Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. Yeah, like but they're one. But that's not going to happen. Very weak seven and one. Yeah. Um, Honestly, UCF is a dark horse right now. They need yeah with two, two losses. Yeah, they need two Cincinnati losses, but that's that's possible. So, uh, yeah, San Diego State. Yeah, do you, I guess we should consider them a dark horse. Yep, but yeah. that's it. I really think we've named every. I would bet my life that one of the teams we named Air Force? will be. Eh, don't they, they have two out? losses? They, they're seven and two right now. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, all right. Well, well, if they if they win, I'll die apparently because I bet yeah. my life already. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's get to the week ten recap. Uh, we'll start with Georgia beating Florida twenty four seventeen in what was likely a playoff elimination game. Trey, what'd you see here? Yeah, the the off week was a real benefit for Georgia, as it turns out. They looked like a, a much different team. Fromm played much better. He kind of impressed me. He made some great throws. Had two seventy nine and two scores. He made some some clutch ones to put the game away as well. And his favorite target in this one was was Cager. He, as we've talked about all year, they've needed a receiver to step up, and maybe Cager will be the guy down the stretch that that does that for them. Florida, you know, they to their credit, they fought back thanks to Kyle Trask's arm, but Georgia completely shut down the Gator running game. They only had twenty one rushing yards. So impressive win in my eyes for for Georgia. Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, an impressive win. Florida's a very good team, but this game was, it was all about third down. And oh, yeah. I, I think Dan Mullen would agree with me on this one. He was not too pleased. Georgia was 12 of 18 on third down. That's, that's wow. third in Grantham. He gets made fun of it all the time, but yeah, it reared its ugly head on Saturday. Man, that was rough. 
Now Florida, Florida was two of nine, just converted two third downs. That's not good. So very impressed with Georgia's defense. And yes, like Lawrence Cager stepped up. They need that consistently if Georgia's going to be a true playoff threat. And right now it, it looks like they are. So very good win. Yep. And and Florida did a, a good job late to to try and make that comeback. But the problem was that that last touchdown drive they had, 17 play drive, and it took six minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. So that by the time they scored, when, when Georgia got the ball back, they pretty much just needed one first down, and that's what happened. And actually, as they were running out the clock, though, college teams do this all the time. They could have just taken a knee. Just kneel. They could have just, just taken kneel. a knee, especially on the, on the, the last play. Um, How hard is it to do math? Like, add 40 seconds. I know. Well, and the last one, you don't even have to do math. You, well, we're not that difficult <laughs> of math. You can just see, wait a second, it's going to get under 40. But they, I think Swift ran it. He almost went out of bounds. Like he was, luckily he was aware and didn't, but it's, that was scary. Yeah. Baffling. One of those baffling things. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to Utah getting a big win at Washington, 33-28. Ryan, what'd you see here? Yeah, this was a, a huge win for Utah, especially considering how much UW has just owned them since since entering the Pac-12. I think that they only beat them one time before before this one. So it was uh, big to get that monkey off the back, so to say. And especially when they had to come come from behind, they were down 11 early, uh, but they just kind of kept battling. And maybe the biggest play of the game was Jalen Johnson's pick six yeah. there late in the third quarter just to get to within two there. They didn't get the two-point conversion, but... That started a, a twenty to nothing run for Utah, so it was a huge momentum swing. Uh, Tyler Huntley, man, you got to be impressed with him. He came up huge, had some huge throws late in the game. Maybe his best game considering the stakes for for Utah. Oh, it was and, unreal. Yeah, it was just a gutsy performance that they, I, I they probably shouldn't have won. I guess I think, but maybe UW was kind of played like the better team there for most of the game, but Utah just toughed it out. I guess. Yeah, and you say gutsy performance from Tyler Huntley because he clearly is is not a hundred percent right now with that that meniscus. But yeah, he had a great game, and he's really he's having his best season as a senior now. He's got ten point eight yards per pass attempt compared to seven point seven in his career before that. His completion percentage is up from sixty four percent career to seventy four percent this year. So he's been awesome. And yeah, Washington just made too many mistakes in this game to beat a solid team like Utah. You mentioned the pick six. Eason had another pick. He had a fumble. So just can't can't do that against Utah. No, and and to to kind of close the door on Huntley, he was all, he was sacked four times. So it was impressive. He he kept he kept battling back, and and still impressive to do that, especially on the road. The one thing that's crazy is the Utah run defense. They forced Eaton to. Th- Eaton, Eason, Eaton. I was thinking about the World Series watching Adam Eaton Nationals. Oh, there you go. Uh, but Eason, he had to throw fifty-two times. So they made they made Washington very one-dimensional. And this was a crazy stat. P- Chris Peterson teams were eighteen and zero after a bye week. So this was their first loss. Wow. Under a Chris Peterson team. Interesting. That's pretty crazy. Well, another thing I was thinking as I'm watching this game is even though I'm a USC fan. A part of me wishes that Utah hadn't lost to USC on that one. Was that Friday night game? So they'd yeah. be undefeated, and yeah, because this it would be a lot more fun if Utah controlled their own destiny right now. Yeah, and I feel like it was kind of a fluky loss. Like Matt Fink was just hucking it up to yeah, totally uh, Michael Pittman, but oh well. It would have been fun to have him undefeated for sure. They're still alive though. Them in Oregon, 
Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, they just need each other to keep winning, each team to keep winning, yeah. and then they could have a, an epic Pac-12 title. Yep. Yeah, this was a huge weekend for the Pac-12 to, to stay alive. Uh, next game, Notre Dame squeaked by a pretty mediocre Virginia Tech team that was without their starting quarterback, and they won 21-20. to And really, though, this game could have been over right before halftime. Notre Dame was about to go up 21-7, to and they fumbled on third and goal, and Divine Diablo took it 98 yards for a touchdown. So that kind of kept Virginia Tech in the game. And then came down right to the end and ian book had to lead an 87 yard game-winning touchdown drive they converted two fourth downs on that drive and pretty much just ran the uh the chase claypool offense they yeah. targeted yeah. they targeted him six times on the drive it usually worked out well and in the end ian book ran in for uh for the game-winning score so oh and by the way the the extra point which they needed to win was a little dicey the hold was a little <laughs> yeah. the snap was a little dicey but they got it done so what what'd you guys take from this one? I mean, Notre Dame, they were, they were, we were a point away from Brian Kelly having to answer a lot of questions. I mean, the Urban Meyer rumors would have started swirling. Yeah, it was. Well, I mentioned last <laughs> week, like, why does Brian Kelly get this kind of, he gets a pass, but, but anyways, they, you know, Ian Book clutched last drive, but I was really surprised by the success of Bud Foster's defense because they hadn't really shown up to this point, uh, to that level. They, they looked pretty good. They forced, uh, three turnovers and they kind of controlled Notre Dame for most of the game. Um, but the Hokies, man, they had chances to put them away in the second half, but they had to rely on a backup quarterback, Quincy Patterson. He was only nine to 28. They were four 16 on third down. So they couldn't capitalize when they had their chance. No, and they, I was, you mentioned Bud Foster's D though. It was, I was surprised uh, that they were able to hold Notre Dame to just 106 yards on the ground. I mean, that was supposed to be a, a strength for Notre Dame and not a very good strength for uh, a potential weakness actually for Virginia Tech but man if you're Notre Dame I mean they obviously did everything they could to lose this game but at at this point of the year it's like as long as you win I don't think they really it doesn't really matter if winning in style they're not going to the playoff so it's just win get to 10 if you can and make that New Year's six and be happy all right good advice yeah just just be happy Irish fans okay uh, Memphis won 54 to 48 in a shootout on Saturday night against SMU. Trey, what'd you see here? Yeah. I mean, the, the shootout score, that's very, not very surprising with these two teams, but, uh, the crowd, there was 59506. That was the biggest crowd for an American conference game. And wow, they, they saw a show. There were 38 points in the fourth quarter combined, which was nuts. Memphis goes up 54 32. With nine nine and a half minutes to go, but SMU stormed a comeback. They scored twice, went for two twice, and got it. Uh, but they, the very end, they couldn't get the onside kick. Antonio Gibson, who was our man crush Monday, I believe. Yeah, yes. Go follow us on Instagram at College Football Bros. <laughs> yeah, plug. Uh, he had a school record three hundred and fifty all-purpose yards. He was electric. And then both quarterbacks, Bichel and White, they put up video game numbers. They played well. But, you know, like I was trying to, I think back and I look at this game, I don't know if I really learned anything new from these teams, but Memphis just kind of put themselves in the driver's seat in the conference. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially considering they get Cincinnati at home. So that that's a big game later in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game, it was just lived up to the hype. Game day was there. So that was huge. Obviously, there was 
one-handed catches, crazy plays, you know, all, great playmakers. I mean, DeMonte Coxey for Memphis had a big game, James Prochet for SMU. So, yeah, I mean, it was just an awesome game. SMU's got nothing to be ashamed of. They still having a great season and they're yeah. they're still alive. So, I was a little surprised though that they, they didn't really run the ball that well. I mean, Xavier Jones, I mentioned him going into the match yeah. last week. He he was killing it and then he had 11 carries for 22 yards in this game. Like what he's happened? On my, he's on my fantasy team too. That was Ooh, a little bummed. <laughs> ouch! Yeah. I have James Prochet. Honestly, so. Gainwell, Gainwell. I know. I think he wasn't healthy, but he didn't have a huge game either. Better than yeah, a lot better than Jones. But more of an yeah. aerial show this week. Hey, we didn't mention Brady White yet, but he was. Oh yeah, he was awesome. He had a great game. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, and as far as that, that going for two at the end of the game when they were down. Ah, uh, yes. I'm not gonna. I think it's not good audio content but i'll just say google go for two down eight and you'll just it's find the right play it's the right play there's a bunch of articles about it herb street sounded a little sounded not great not being aware of that but it's um, it's it's happening a few it's happened a few times this year both college and pro they were like three of three on uh, for two-point conversions in that game they did yeah. and end up that last one ended up being yeah, the tough beat for uh some of those yeah. fans some of the uh Memphis betters. Oh yeah, that ended up being a push there. Push or some people had six and a half, so it was a bad beat, you know. Oh wow. Yeah, that's uh the what was it, it was an O lineman, right? Getting the getting the score there. Yeah. So <laughs> Okay. Ryan, uh I'm sure you've been waiting for this. I have no idea what you're talking about, Michael. Oh yeah, I'm sure you don't. So yeah. we're gonna give you the opportunity to gloat about Baylor, of course, the team you picked to to win the Big Twelve championship this year. They're undefeated, so uh, why don't you break down uh, their latest win? And actually, I'm going to give you some background music, okay. if you don't mind. Oh, nice. Little, little Baylor fight song. All right. Well, it was a pretty ugly game, I'll, I'll admit. It looked like neither team really wanted to win. Uh, Baylor turned it over a few times. They had a muff punt. Uh, West Virginia, though, they they really had some bad turnovers. One in particular, they were about to score, and the center just snapped it when Kendall wasn't looking. Uh, that was that was brutal, brutal turnaround for them. But in the end, yes, my Baylor Bears found a way to win 17-14 uh, to get to 8-0. And uh, looking, they're in the driver's seat right now for that Big 12 title game. I kind of hope I was maybe just would have stuck with that as my... <laughs> just to make it and not win? Yeah, just to make it. No, come on. you can't, no, no. I'm, no, they're going to win it, man. They can do it. <laughs> Charlie Brewer's the man. They yeah. just need that offensive line to pick it up. Okay. Congrats, Ryan. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to the rapid recaps now. Get us started, Ryan. Okay. First one here, we got, uh, Georgia Southern and App State. Uh, man, Georgia Southern, they jumped out to a pretty big lead. Thanks, uh, in large part to Wesley Kennedy, who had a really big day on the ground. Uh, App State, they made a valiant effort trying to come back. Uh, they really did, but just kind of came up short. They were, uh, they lost 24-21. It was actually the second year in a row that, uh, Georgia Southern has taken down App State, which pretty impressive app state yeah. doesn't lose very often brutal loss for app state i mean they they had yeah, a chance their g5 this year. hopes or you know the new year six is pretty much gone right now so not looking good not looking good um and the next game i have here Ole Miss and auburn uh boy this was a uh, tight auburn won this one 20 to 14 Ole Miss had a chance they had the ball with a minute left and could have drove the field and won the game they, they got to auburn territory but auburn got a, a, an interception to seal the deal but the game shouldn't have been this close. I mean, Auburn dominated. They just couldn't finish drives. They attempted five field goals and only made two of them. 
So Ouch. they even if they just made four of those or three or whatever, they, they would have won somewhat comfortably. But they were lucky to win, sort of, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But they they got the dub. Bo Nix had a good game. We'll give him that. Hey, there you go. Uh, Michigan at Maryland. Man, the Wolverines, they got a opening, opened the game with a kick return touchdown, and then they just never really looked back. They were kind of cruise control the whole game. They went 38-7. to You know, the offense was kind of eh, but they didn't really need need it too much um oh man miami fsu <laughs> yeah yeah the final nail in the coffin here for willie taggart just getting dominated by uh an average miami team is uh pretty much unacceptable if you're florida state they couldn't run the ball at all they couldn't pass very well either barely got to 200 yards so miami got the uh the easy 27 10 win and jaron williams had, had a solid game for from miami and finally, Michael, Oregon and USC. USC looked good right away. He got up to a yeah. 10 nothing lead. Then they got outscored 56-14 after that. Um, close game in the first half. Obviously, that kick return. Uh, that was a backbreaker. Right that, that was a backbreaker. Right before halftime. Yeah. That, I mean, it, you know, the Oregon was going to win anyways, but that just pretty much put a fork in, in the USC's chances, and all the momentum was totally gone. Because they got a little bit after they got that score, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Slovis just, you know, played like a freshman. He's He's got, he's very Darnold-esque. A lot of people are making that comparison. I think it's apt. He makes some amazing plays, but also some head scratchers. Exactly. And Herbert was his usual self, so. Yeah, yeah. He, after a slow start, he, w- he was great. And speaking of nails in the coffin. Clay. I would say this is the nail in the coffin for Clay Helton, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can't lose by 30 at home and expect nope. to nope. not have it to get fired so yeah clay's gonna be done who do you think uh usc is gonna go for mike well i mean there's obviously one name urban meyer that everyone's thrown out there i don't know if that's gonna happen or not but if it doesn't james franklin is another one that is maybe unlikely is too strong of a word but it's it's uh it's not a given of course he might just be happy to stay at penn state but he would be a grand slam hire i think for usc I mean, he would recruit the heck out of California. He would. Yep. Yeah, that'd be a good hire. All right. My first game here, Cincinnati almost lost as a 24-point favorite at East Carolina. Holton Ehlers had the game of his life. Uh, he's the quarterback for ECU. So 535 yards, five total touchdowns. Unfortunately, also a costly pick six in the fourth quarter. And Cincinnati escaped by hitting a 32-yard field goal as time expired to win 46 to 43 uh next game virginia got a big win 38 31 at north carolina so they moved to four and two in the coastal coastal chaos for now is not as much because i think virginia is a pretty big favorite now to to win the division but of course it's it's not over um bryce perkins had a big game career or well i'm sure it's career high obviously a school record 490 total yards and he accounted for all five virginia touchdowns uh, Wake Forest moved to seven and one with a forty-four ten win over NC State. Just kind of a transition year for for NC State right now. They went to the freshman um, or redshirt freshman Devin Leary. Not a good game for him. Uh, Oregon State moved to four and four with a fifty-six thirty-eight win over Arizona, and they are alone in second place in the Pac-12 North at three and two, which is crazy. So. You got to be ecstatic if you're an Oregon State fan right now with the job Jonathan Smith has done. 
And then finally, a very confusing UCLA team. They started out the season one and five. They have now won three straight, all by double digits. And this weekend, it was 31-14 over Colorado. Yeah, the baby Bruins are, are coming along. They are. All right. For my first one is TCU at Oklahoma State. The Pokes actually won this 34 to 27. Chuba Hubbard, he added to his country leading rushing stats by running for 223 yards. He had two long scores. It was actually kind of surprising that Oklahoma State only threw the ball 15 times. You don't really see that out of a, a Gundy offense. Yeah. Uh, part of that, though, might be because of the loss of of Wallace to a torn ACL their their stud wide out that that was some brutal news last week Max Duggan he led the frogs in rushing and threw for 258 but he had three costly interceptions next one Kansas State at Kansas man K-State they didn't have a letdown after their huge Oklahoma upset they destroyed the Jayhawks 38 to 10 Skylar Thompson he actually ran for 127 and three scores as a team, K-State had 342 rushing yards. And the Wildcats, they forced Carter Stanley to have one of his worst games. Puka Williams only had 61 yards. So great 6-2 and two start for K-State. Yeah, a lot of people thought Kansas had a chance there, including me. So that was impressive. Yeah. FAU at Western Kentucky, your boy Lane Kiffin, Michael. The Owls, they won 35-24. to They moved ahead of Western Kentucky in the Conference USA standings. Western Kentucky, Ty Story, he had 380, 380 yards and two scores, but FAU forced him into three picks. And Florida Atlantic's now tied with Marshall in the East, but they already lost to them, so they need at least one Marshall loss to get to the championship game. Finally, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Things are just looking beyond bleak for Chad Morris and the Razorbacks. Mississippi State, who hasn't been that good this year, won 54-24. They racked up 640 yards while Arkansas just had two, 285. Kylan Hill ran for 234, three scores. Arkansas fans were booing. Their quarterbacks were 9 of 24 for 101 yards. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Chad Morris, is, he's got to go. He's got to go. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to our segment for this week, and it is a top five list. It's the top five. Uh, you're predicting the, uh, the CFP rankings, of course, were recording this monday night and tuesday night the the committee rankings come out so probably a lot of people listening to this have already you know it's probably after tuesday night and they already know what happens so whoever gives this top five list is could look like a big idiot so trey why don't you uh, why don't you do it oh thanks yeah <laughs> you're yeah. just setting me up to fail but that's okay because i'm gonna <laughs> nail could, it and it's yeah, not you even could look an like issue. a genius you could look yeah, like I'm a gonna, genius that's what's gonna happen if the committee doesn't do this they're a bunch of idiots wow okay <laughs> there you go so Trey, the committee, has number one LSU. They've beaten three top ten teams at, at their point in time, Texas, Florida, and Auburn, and they have the Heisman frontrunner at this point. Okay. All right. Wait a second. I hate that, though. They, I, I know. They're not top ten teams now, or some of them are. I but know, but hey. You can't call Texas a top ten team. <laughs> just, hey, they were. it was in Austin. It was an impressive win at that moment. They, I'm hey, not they saying it's in. not impressive, but... I don't I, care. I, that no, I, I hear your I hear your argument, but people will say they've beaten three top ten teams. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, Ohio State. They don't have the the quality wins that LSU has, but they have style points. They've just absolutely demolished everyone in their path. Number three, Alabama. They've only beaten one ranked team. That was 
Texas A&M, and the rest of their schedule has been been pretty soft, but they're going to, as we all know, on the back end, they'll have uh, plenty of opportunities. Number four, Clemson. Aside from that road game at North Carolina, they've just demolished everyone. And then number five, I have Penn State. Uh, they're unbeaten. They're playing well in offense and defense, but they have some of their tougher games coming up as well. Starting this week. Yeah. So what do you guys, what do you guys think? Well, I'll, I'll ask you first. Was there any there that you struggled with? Was there any decision that, that was difficult or did it kind of just fall into place? Honestly, it kind of fell into place for me. I mean, I, if you, if you told, if, if someone said that Ohio State was number one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at that, but, uh, I felt comfortable just because LSU's beaten a little bit more quality teams. Yeah. LSU definitely has the, uh, the higher quality kind of big, big wins. So I, I don't think I, I disagree with anything you said there. I, I do, I kind of agree with you in that there is a chance that Ohio State could be number one, though. Um, I saw right now you can bet on this. LSU is the favorite at minus 150 to be number one. I kind of like, I, you know, I, I think they're a deserving favorite, but Ohio State at plus 225, I think that might be worth a shot because just, I mean, just how dominant they've been, you know, and they do at least have one, at least that Wisconsin get, that's a legit win. And they just killed them just like they've yep. killed everybody else. Like even at Indiana, 52 to 10, Indiana could be, they're seven and toward- two. Yeah, they could be 25, 25th or something. I mean, maybe they'll sneak in. Um, and then who else? Cincinnati, 42 to zero. Like, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, and we again, were, they we could, were at one of their drubbings. Yeah. They, well, that Nebraska, yeah, that they don't get much credit for that, unfortunately, but nope. God. Uh, okay, Ryan, what about you? Do you disagree with anything here? Yeah, I had Ohio State number one. I I, I think this just what you've you kind of proved my point there, Mike, just about how dominant but you guys, been. but you guys at least agree with my five. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really much of an argument for no, anybody else. George is not George. Well, Georgia right now is, is the favorite to be sixth, but they have a loss. So I have a hard time seeing them being ahead of Penn State. Yeah, they, I, yeah, I really I mean, doubt Penn that. State's beaten Michigan. So they, Michigan and Iowa. Yeah. yeah. So they've, yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty clear top five at this point. I think of all those, the one I'm most confident in is, is that Clemson will be fourth. Uh, it just seems like the right spot for them. Yeah. Clemson I, fourth, Penn State fifth, I think are pretty clear. Yeah. The top three, uh, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, you could, I maybe Bama third's pretty somewhat ish clear just because of their week schedule. Yeah, I, I get it. But they also, I think people are just kind of like, just write them off like, oh, week schedule, week schedule. It's like, well, they've killed everybody too. Yeah. And at AM, just dominating them, like AM, they're going to be in these rankings likely. So I don't know. But yeah, obviously it's, it's, they don't have the top end wins. So, and like, and it doesn't matter, you know, it really doesn't matter. But that, yeah, it's well, fun. that's the, that is a great point. Yeah. Anyone that gets up in arms, like if, if Alabama's number two ahead of Ohio State, if Ohio State's number one ahead of LSU, any, any of those, like, who cares? There's still like, plenty of games left to, it'll all sort itself out. There's going to be some people, oh, SEC bias, they put them one, two. Oh. Yeah. That's the only plausible explanation for thinking those teams are good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to the week 11 preview. And we'll start with Baylor minus two and a half at TCU. Ryan, we're not going to go to you. You're raring to go right now, Ryan. Well, I, they're they're going to win. Might as well just chuck well, it up. Well, okay. But let's let's hear from Trey first. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, Baylor, they've proven they can beat anyone on their schedule, but they also play down to their competition as we just saw last week against West Virginia. So 
I'm going to take TCU. Uh, the Horn Frogs, they didn't look all that great last week, but they, they, they're a better team at home. And Duggan actually plays a lot better in Fort Worth as well so far. And yeah. Gary Patterson, his defense got humbled by Oklahoma State, but, but Baylor doesn't have a Chuba Hubbard. So I think they'll bounce back this week. So I'm going to take TCU. But they do have a Charlie Brewer. So <laughs> that's tough, true. That's Very kid. true. I, I just, you know, I'm not ever going to pick against Baylor until I'm proven otherwise. So going to ride with them. I, I, but I'm hoping, like I kind of already mentioned, that they're going to clean some things up on that offensive line. They kind of have a little extended break here after their game on Thursday. That's their weakest point of their team. They're 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 good at the skill positions. Denzel Mims a stud. Charlie Brewer's a stud. Good running backs. Their defense has been really good so far this year. It's just the offensive line is that weak point. So if they can get that to just improve, help out the round, the ground game, help out Brewer a little bit, then they're going to be for real. So uh, I'll take Baylor. They're going to win a, a close one. Okay. Um, I'm also going with TCU. I echo Trey's sentiments about Max Duggan at home, and I just see it as a toss-up game. So I'll take two and a half, and I just want Ryan to fail. So <laughs> yeah. that's another added bonus. <laughs> I don't think you do. I think you want me well, to succeed in this a part of me is excited that you have such a great pick here but also a part of me is is remembering recording the uh preview podcast and me just laughing at your baylor <laughs> pick. i know yeah you would vote you would trade both. i legit i <laughs> word for word I said what yeah and it wasn't the fact that he was like picking him to go the the title game it was more just the fact they were gonna win i was like you gotta be kidding me but here they are ain't no yeah yeah i think i i word for word said i'm gonna look like a real jackass if, if they are like undefeated or something so here we are uh okay penn state minus six and a half at minnesota it's the the first of of two undefeated matchups this this weekend uh who do you like ryan uh yeah it seems like a lot of points for it does at minnesota yeah minnesota's a good team they've been playing better and better as the years gone gone on uh they've gained confidence each and every week it looks like they've been destroying folks lately i know it's been subpar competition nebraska included but no doing it, it it means something because the beginning of the year they were playing subpar competition also and barely beating them so exactly that's what i'm saying they're getting better and better mm-hmm. uh they're they're doing what they're supposed to do they have some really good playmakers uh rashad bateman tyler johnson are really good wide receivers uh then the they also have um and they're running backs they're like four deep yeah um, they'll be mohammed ibrahim Rodney Smith, they're really good there too. So, eh, I think this one's going to be close. I don't see Penn State going in there and destroying Minnesota or anything, or winning by three scores. So, I, I'd expect this one to be a nail biter. Yeah, I'm with you. This this point spread came out a little bit higher than I thought. I thought it was going to be like maybe a field goal or something, but yeah, I saw the six and a half, and I just I got to take Minnesota at home. I really like Tanner Morgan at quarterback. I think their secondary is very good Antoine Winfield is like the highest rated safety according to pro football He's very focus good. yeah so they obviously the defense overall is is not not that great but uh I think the offense is good enough to stay in it so I'm taking Minnesota and I'm gonna make it my lock well here we go again oh no the Uh-oh. battle royale oh no battle royale <laughs> I'm making Penn State my lock oh, of the week oh boy I mean well, first of all, this is the biggest game in Minneapolis in, in years, but I, I think Penn State's going to expose the Gophers. I do know that the Gophers have been playing well, as you said. They've been playing much better, but they haven't faced the talent that Penn State has. The Nittany Lions, they have the sixth best S&P Plus uh, defense. 
I think they'll be able to slow down uh, that Minnesota offense. And, you know, Minnesota, they're 5-0 in the conference, but they've arguably beaten the worst five teams in the Big Ten compared to Penn State. They've beaten Michigan, Iowa, Michigan State. So I just think Penn State's a little bit better. I could get egg in my face, but I like Penn State here. All right. You are 1-0 so far in those matchups, so yeah. I'll, I'll make you the favorite, especially because my locks have been terrible. I think I, <laughs> I think I get a win for my lock last week. At the time I took Memphis, it was... Yeah, we had it at like five and a half. Okay. Whew, that was a close one then. Uh, anyway, Iowa State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored 14. And I definitely like OU to win, of course, here, but I'm going to take Iowa State to cover. They had a really good October. The offense was humming. Brees Hall broke out as a an added dimension at running back to, to complement Brock Purdy, of course. And the defense, despite having some injuries, they are they have remained solid until the Oklahoma State game happened. That was just a, a really bad game. They gave up some big plays. Brock Purdy threw three picks in the fourth quarter. But I'm just looking at that as an aberration. I, I still really like this Iowa State team. I think they can hang in there. I I, I really agree with you, but that on the other side, that Okie State game's really kind of sticking in my mind in, in a negative way and I really normally would take Iowa State in this position but I just personally think it's the worst time to catch Oklahoma after their loss and they even had a bye week after that so I'm, I'm gonna roll with the Sooners they got their wake-up call it's in Norman and uh, I think they I think they bounce back big I'm gonna agree with Michael uh, I think Iowa State is the team that that's gonna bounce back here uh, OU's defense showed that they had some serious vulnerabilities going on there. K-State took advantage quite a bit. I think Brock Purdy should be able to to do the same. Uh, I know Iowa State might be lacking a little bit in conf- confidence right now, but man, I trust Matt Campbell to get those guys going. And they seem to play well in Norman over the years, so I think they're going to give them a game. Very true. Uh, okay, next game, Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored nine. Trey, what do you think? Well, it's a must win for, for both of these if they want any chance to win the West. Uh, the Badgers, yep. man, they were probably happy to have an off week after their back to back losses. I'm going to, I'm going to take Wisconsin here. I'm going to give them another chance. They're, they're back at home at Camp Randall. Their, their two losses, remember, were on the road. Uh, so I, I, and I also like the matchup for Wisconsin. They still have a top, top defense. They're facing an Iowa team that has the 70th, 70th ranked SP plus offense. I know Iowa's defense is really good. They're going to get their stops, but I just think the Badgers will be a little bit more productive and, and pulled out. Yep, I agree. I mean, we've seen Iowa's offense go up against uh, defenses kind of in the ballpark of Wisconsin, and that was against Michigan and against Penn State, and they scored three and 12 points. So <laughs> I just don't see them scoring much. I'll, I'll count on a, a bounce back for Wisconsin. I'm going to go the other way here, guys. Uh, I think Iowa's defense is really good. And they're going to be able to hold Wisconsin down. AJ Epinesa and company aren't going to let Jonathan Taylor run all over them. Jack Cohn doesn't scare anybody. So I think this one can maybe be somewhat similar to that Penn State-Iowa game. I know it was in Iowa City, but still, that was like a 17-12 type of game. So I can easily see this game going like that. Okay, we have made it to... We haven't even mentioned it all episode, I don't think. The biggest game of the season, LSU at Alabama. Alabama's favorite six and a half. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is going to be awesome, man. Um, I, I'm definitely taking LSU, though. Okay, and I'm, I really have two main reasons for it. First is LSU's offensive line. They have been 
absolutely awesome so far this year. I think they're going to be able to wear down Alabama's relatively thin and young front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the other reason is that even if Tua plays, there's no way he's going to be near 100%. High ankle sprains like that, just they take forever, more than the whole season, really. So I think that's a big, big impact. And then Joe, Joe Burrow, I mean, he's a he threw for over 300 yards. I think it's a very good Auburn defense a couple weeks back. So he's done it against really good defenses. So he's not going to be scared or intimidated by Alabama's. So I, I I expect another big game from him. And I, I like LSU to, to win this one straight up. So I'm going to make them my lock. Nice. I, I like your confidence with LSU pulling it out there, Ryan. But Thank you. Uh, I, I'm going to go the other way. I'm taking Alabama. I know the concern, obviously, with Tua, but I'm going to kind of roll with the assumption that he's he's good enough to go. And, you know, a lot of Alabama's critics point to their defense and how it's been susceptible to giving up big chunks and points at times, and and this is too tough a task against Bro and LSU. And, and that's fair. They, they have been a little bit leaky, but LSU has the same issue, in my opinion. They've been... Uh, They've been leaky on on their side of the ball on defense, mm-hmm. and and on the other side for Joe Burrow, a lot of the media is just talking about the Heisman and how it's Joe Burrow's and he's got it deservedly so. He's been incredible, but to a you know he's got a decent twenty seven to two touchdown to interception ratio, and if he beats a Burrow on this stage, he'd vault back to the top of the Heisman list. So I think more people are talking about OSU than Alabama. I like Alabama here. Yep, I I agree with you, Trey. I I'd be a lot more confident if we knew Tua was healthy, but that's you know that's the way it is. I we're of course all expect him to go, um, and and the reason I like Alabama is all we've seen them do is blow teams out, and I get it's not a, a super tough schedule, far from it. But with LSU, at least I've seen some blemishes, if you want to call it that, a, a Texas team that's kind of borderline top 20 compete with them i've seen bo Nix and auburn at least hang in there with them obviously it wasn't quite as close as the score would indicate but still with bama it's just been blowout after blowout so that's why i'm taking bama but really i just who cares right who, who, who cares where we're picking i just can't wait to watch the game yeah. and the matchup i'm i'm looking forward to is well two matchups the the two most talented receiving cores in the country against arguably the two most talented secondaries so that's just going to be incredible to watch. And one thing we should note here, Michael Divinity, one of LSU's best linebackers, just left the team for personal reasons. So that's a big loss. We won't comment on what the rumors are, the the real reason. But um, And then, of course, Grant Delpit also is is coming off of an injury this game. So similar to Tua, we don't know if he'll be 100%. Should be fun, though. Should be fun. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. And another interesting thing to keep in mind is obviously the loser of this game they they're going to want to keep it close because they will be yeah. in the playoff discussion at the end of the year likely 100%. Uh okay. Let's uh let's move on to the honorable mentions. Go ahead, Trey. Okay, my first one is Louisville at Miami. The Canes are currently favored 6 and a half. While I think Miami's the better team, I don't trust them giving this many points. Miami's played in 7 games this year decided by 7 or less. So I'm going to take the points with Louisville. Scott Satterfield, Michael, you talked about it earlier. He He's overachieved with this Louisville team. Yeah. Javion Hawkins has run the ball well for them this year. Their offense can score. Miami lost their star safety, Bubba Bolden, to a season-ending injury while he was celebrating during the Florida State game last week, so that kind of helped my Louisville pick. Next, I got Missouri at Georgia. Georgia's favorite 17. 
Kelly Bryant's listed as questionable with his hamstring, but all reports are showing he should be good to go. Mizzou's been a little disappointing in my eyes, but this is a chance for them to shine. I'm going to take the points. Georgia's feeling themselves after their big win against Florida. Uh, I do. I did like what I saw from Fromm last week, but he hasn't really been consistent this year. That's been the bugaboo on Georgia. They haven't been consistent. So Georgia will win, but I'll take Mizzou to cover. Clemson is a 32-point favorite at NC State. Like I mentioned earlier, ever since their scare at North Carolina, they've just demolished everyone on their path. 32 does seem like a lot of points, but I'm going to lay them. NC State's been dreadful in, in the conference, and with Matt McKay out at quarterback, they're relying on a redshirt freshman who had a terrible game last week they, when they got trounced by Wake, as you were talking about as well, Michael. They also lost their leading rusher to injury last week, so I think Clemson continues their ACC domination. And then finally, Notre Dame is an eight-point favorite at Duke. It's a hard one for me to pick. I'm going to take Duke to cover. I, I don't really trust either team, but the Irish, we talked about how fortunate they were last week against the Hokies. Duke had a bye week, so maybe Cutcliffe will have a, a couple tricks up his sleeve. And 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 Duke has a they have a good enough defense to prevent the Irish from blowing them out. So Irish will win, but it'll be close. All right, Kansas State at Texas. Texas is favored Six and a half. Texas, they were a top 10 team, so maybe I should, <laughs> I should just go with that here. Easy money. <laughs> Easy money. Uh, no, but this is a loser leaves town game as far as uh, getting to the Big 12 championship is concerned or having any, any hope of that. Um, and I like Kansas State here. They won three in a row, seem to be getting better as the year goes on, and Texas has not held a Big 12 opponent to below 34 points yet. That defense is wow. obviously struggling. Uh, App State at South Carolina. South Carolina is favored four and a half. And this game has definitely lost a lot of its luster with with App State going down to Georgia Southern, but still a big game for for both teams. Um, And I'm taking App State. I really like their defense, and I like the experience of Zach Thomas going up against Ryan Holinsky. Holinsky, you know, he's he's been okay for, for a true freshman. He doesn't make the big mistake, but he also doesn't make the big play, so... For that reason, App State plus four and a half. Uh, Wake Forest minus two and a half at Virginia Tech. I'm assuming Hendon Hooker will be back healthy at quarterback for Virginia Tech, which I think is huge because Quincy Patterson we saw last week is is very limited. And Virginia Tech, you know, ever since getting blown out at home against Duke, I think it was 45 to 10, they've actually been playing pretty decent. So I'll take two and a half at home. And then finally, there are there's some action this week. Yes, it's, it's we're starting, back. guys. So uh, there's going to be games on Tuesday night and, and Wednesday. I'm not going to break them down here because there's a decent chance they've already happened. Um, but I will just say, go take a look at the standings in the MAC. Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. There's like seven or eight teams that could conceivably win the conference. It's kind of what we expected early in the year. I remember all their odds to win were pretty similar to each other. It's playing out that way, which is bad for probably for the exposure for the conference there's not that one great team but it's fun to follow so it is nuts i have no idea what's going to happen no november maction is going to be crazy midweek it's going to be a lot of fun because like you said it's going to change every week every game all these games are matter in the in the mac race so yeah watch them all righty uh u-dub their favorite 10 uh at oregon state Seems like a, a great opportunity for the Beavers. UW just lost a tough physical game against Utah, and that was kind of UW's last hope of having a, a big year. 
so maybe they're not quite motivated. And meanwhile, the Beavers are sitting at 4-4 four and four and are desperately trying to make a bowl game. Much improved. I like Jay Luton and uh, Isaiah Hodges, Hodgins to, to keep this one close. So give me the Beavers plus 10. Uh, Tennessee at Kentucky. This one's about a pick em right now. Uh, the Vols have been playing much better lately, to trace credit. Uh, <laughs> they dominated a, a solid UAB squad last week. While Kentucky dominated Missouri, who's a really tough team to figure out this year. But anyways, uh, I think Tennessee will get the job done here against uh, the one-dimensional Kentucky offense. And that's putting it lightly. (laughs) Uh, Next game, USC. They're about a a one-and-a-half-point underdog, actually, at Arizona State. Uh, Both these teams could could use a win. Uh, ASU, it kind of started to falter a little bit after their hot start, sitting at 5-3. and And Clay Helton, I mean, you know, it's just he wants to finish his USC career. Well, this could be this could be another tarmac game. That's where Lane Kiffin got fired, right? Oh, that's right. Good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave with the Sun Devils here. I think SC is uh, about ready to just pack it in for the rest of the year. So give me the Sun Devils here. Finally, I got Wyoming at Boise. Boise's favored twelve and a half. Big game in the Mountain Division uh, of the Mountain West. Wyoming's three and one, and Boise's four and zero. Oh. Wyoming's quarterback, Sean Chambers, is out for the year now, but they do have a solid backup, Tyler Vanderwall. He's going to step in. He started quite a few games last year, um, so not exactly a, a scrub coming in. Wyoming should be okay. They have a good defense, so that's why I'm going to take them. They give up just over 17 points a game, so I think 12.5 is a pretty big spread there. I'm going to take uh, the Cowboys. All right, one more game I want to bring up because we had a, a listener. We've got a few Stanford listeners, and, and they've been complaining we didn't bring them up, but... They are playing at Colorado. I think they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And Stanford, they started out, I think, one and three. But if they win this, they've won four out of five. So they're kind of salvaging their season. Obviously, the, the quarterback, the health of the, the quarterback in the well, KJ Costello in the middle of the season really, really cost them. Yeah. But playing better. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's get to the questionable finish. Mason Fine threw seven touchdowns in a win over UTEP this weekend and came out dressed as a dinosaur for the postgame press conference. How do you celebrate after a great day at the office? Uh, I usually like to uh, sit down and relax with a nice drink of aguardiente. Ooh, explain that to the listeners. It is a Colombian alcoholic beverage. Okay, there you go. Uh, I like to drive through Chick-fil-A on the way home. Ooh, that's a good that's one. That's a great nice. one. I always actually, I do I do the same, Michael. I go to Chick-fil-A. Maybe sometimes I'll go to the driving range, but follow that up with Chick-fil-A. Oh, now there's a night. I, you know what? I might say Arby's. Yeah. Oh, make it an Arby's <laughs> wow. night. Wow. Yeah. Feels like an Arby's night. Michael, yeah. we still have to go to Arby's. Oh, that's right. Oh, crap. I was hoping. I went there we... like a couple weeks ago, actually. How was it? It was delicious. Uh, it's not good, dude. But Trey, we'll go there. We'll post it on, on Patreon. Trey and I go into Arby's. <laughs> yep. All right. Second question. This uh, comes from a listener named Jack, and he says, uh, a, reporting, a reporter jokingly asked Jalen Hurts at a press conference if he preferred winning to losing this week. Name a time when you've been asked a dumb question. So when I'm at a restaurant, every time a waiter asks me if I want fries or a salad, uh, hey, come on. Of course, I want the fries. Bring them on. Come on. Mine also takes place at, at a restaurant, and it's I get two dumb questions every time I go to Chipotle. Number one is, do you want guacamole? No. Of course I do. 
No, no. Yes, I do, Ryan. <laughs> and number two is when they ask if if I know that it's extra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Come on. Of course. We all know that. You don't even. You don't need to ask anymore. No. No. You don't. Uh, for me, it would be if somebody asked me if I prefer which would which do I prefer, Coke or Pepsi? It's like, dude, come on. Who says Pepsi? Nobody. Nobody does. I'm kind of in, I'm kind of indifferent. Really? No, you're not. You like Coke. <laughs> no, you're I'm, not. <laughs> I, re- I really don't care either way. I oh, don't know. Coke is, is is way better. All right, let's uh, let's move on to football. Our upset special. You got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm taking Oregon State. Ryan, you made my case for me. They are a, a t- uh, what was it? A ten point dog yeah. against Washington, yeah. but they've been competitive in every game this year, except Utah. But that's understandable. Their offense is legitimately good. You brought up the playmakers there. The defense is bad, but could be a shootout. I'll take the Beavers. Yeah, they're they're a fun team now. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, San Jose State. They're getting seven at Hawaii. You don't know what you're gonna get week to week from Hawaii. And San Jose State, they almost beat Boise last week. They've been playing pretty well this year. Josh Love, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he's been a, a great at quarterback for them this year. Maybe outdueling. Jordan. Jordan Love at, at Utah State. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. Jordan Love yeah, is having a down year. Yeah, yeah. Not really Jordan's fault. Not much no. help. No. Um, I am going to go with the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're they're the nine-point dog in Madison. And I just think it's going to be such a low-scoring game that, you know, a coin flip, anything could happen. All right. Thank you for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, once again, we'd really appreciate everyone's support on Patreon. We're really excited to get that going and get some extra content up there. But before we close this one out, guys, oh, it's time to hear from our old pal, Uncle Bruce, Bruce Feldman. Brace yourself, so Ryan. Instead of showering it with praise, you are showering them with urine. Huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, oh. play that again. I What? Yeah, come again. All right. So instead of showering it with praise, you are showering them with urine. Oh, man. Um, Bruce, okay. this is, I don't know, man. Well, I'd like to know more about the context of that conversation. No, but. we're never giving any context to Bruce's clips. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.